for all right amen and amen and amen good morning good morning to everyone i'm pastor lester hayes pastor sharon and i were coming at you this morning amen from great state of florida city of tallahassee just want to let you know up front this morning that we love you we thank god for you we appreciate you getting up making a sacrifice every morning to get on with us, amen, and pray with us and believe with us. And I just thank God because we're united as one, no matter where you are geographically, where you are spiritually, it doesn't matter. This is not about, you know, no no, no testing nobody for who you are. God knows, and, and, and you're on here this morning because we believe that God assigned you to be here. He called you like he did us to be here, and we thank God that you did not forsake this seminar yourself together as the man of some is as we see the day approaching, exalting one another. So I pray and exalt you this morning, and I pray that you will be exalted this morning and that you will exalt others this morning. Amen as God have exalted all of us this morning, as we exalt each other this morning. This is what the Lord has done. Amen. And we're so blessed and so fortunate to be a part of the army of the Lord, to carry forth his will in the earth, his purpose in the earth. And I tell you, he is our example and we follow him and pray and hope that others will follow us as we follow him. We want to present Christ to the world in such a way that it's almost like he's irresistible. They, can, they just can't not want to serve God. And that's our goal. That's our hope this morning. Amen. And presenting Jesus Christ is the best way to do that because he said, if I be lifted up in the earth, I will draw all men unto me. So whatever we teaching and preaching this morning, we pray that God would take all the glory and the honor this morning. Amen. I'm just so blessed that the Lord even thought enough one day to just save my soul, save my life. Amen. Because I, I, I had no idea how terrible the shape I was in until he came in and saved me. Amen. And I thank him for that. And so now my desire is to want others to be saved by the same God, the same Christ, the same Jesus, the same Messiah that saved me. Amen. And so that's good news right there that I think every ear out there need to hear, every heart need to receive, every mind need to be renewed with it. Amen. And so we're praying this morning, oh, that the salvation message of Jesus Christ, the way to salvation will be heard around the world this morning in the name of Jesus, that those who are yet to give their life to him after hearing the word, those who are sick in their body and their soul and their spirit and their life will hear this word this morning coming through the school of healing and that they'll believe, amen, that it is God's will that they be healed. And so we thank the Lord this morning and we praise him, amen, for this opportunity this morning to share with you uh, at the School of Healing this morning what thus said, we believe what thus says the Lord this morning, and I'm just so thankful to him this morning, amen. And last week we ministered to you, amen, in the School of Healing Amen. And we want to come back again this morning. And I want to talk to you this morning uh, from a subject matter in the School of Healing. Uh, health, healing and health is promised by God for those who are obedient. Okay. So it's, for those, it's to those uh, who are obedient. Amen. So, so health and healing is to those, is promised by God to the obedient, you know, is what I want to talk about, you know, Healing and health is a promise from God. It's promised by God to the obedient. And one thing we know about God's promises, God is not a man that he should lie. If God said it, then God's going to do it. He's going to bring it to pass 
and we have to accept it, believe it, receive it, and be obedient with it. Just like we just talked about good stewards, the world has been, the earth has been placed in our hands and God wants us to be good stewards. These promises have been given to us and he constantly reminds us in the book of Psalms chapter 69 and I think it's 18 or 68 and 18 that we should not forget all the benefits of God. You know, the healing is one of those benefits. It's promised to us. Amen. As some of us have probably already discovered, I know Pastor Sheridan and I have, and I, three times over, I've discovered, amen, that God has promised me to have health and healing. And sometimes I forget and I, I'll do things that I know I shouldn't be putting in my body. I'll do things with my body. Like right now, I've been working out again and started my walk with my wife again in the mornings. And I think I overdid it a little bit yesterday doing some exercise. And I got a little, little inflammation in my right shoulder that's been bothering me all night. But I've been declaring to God that my shoulder is healed. And I tell you, I feel so much better that the inflammation <clears throat> is going down because I spoke to my shoulder and I told it in the inflammation that, hey, God has promised me healing and health. So you can't stay there. You got to move. You got to go. You got to go find you somewhere else to hang out. You can't hang out in my body. And that's how I talk to it. And I tell you, I feel so much better this morning. You know, I said, I'm not going to let no little pain or inflammation in my shoulder from where I overexerted myself. Stop me from crying out this morning when I saw those pictures of those children and what they were doing with them. <clears throat> and this is still a, a lingering problem. And so that requires healing, too, that God will heal this nation of this dealing with this immigration problem. They're so divided right now. Division is, is, is something that's like a, a wound. And it's been there too long and it's got to be healed. Amen. Because we're creating a situation where more people can be sick and ill. Amen. And require more medical attention. And so it is, it is, it is, you know, healing and health is promised by God to the obedient. So we just will be obedient. You know, obedience is better than sacrifice that we would be willing and obedient. We shall eat the good of the land. We shall see the greatness of God, the goodness of God, uh, as we read, <clears throat> amen, hallelujah, uh, in the book of Isaiah chapter, I want to say it's chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. And so we give God praise for that. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Our scripture reference text this morning is going to come out of the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, the third chapter. We're going to deal with eight verses there this morning from the King James Bible. So again, that's the book of Proverbs, Chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, the King James Bible. <clears throat> We're going to focus our attention on these verses of scriptures this morning. And a lot of times, you know, we go to the book of Proverbs because it's such a book of wisdom. Amen. It's, it's actually for a preacher. It says the preacher's life. This is the preacher's sermon. This is Solomon's sermon. Uh, the whole book, amen, is, is his him as a preacher. He's preaching this right here to the people, amen. Hello, y'all still there? Amen. He's preaching this to the people. Amen. And so one might ask, what is the most famous uh, scripture in the book of Proverbs? Uh, well, we're going to answer that question for you this morning because I thought it was so ironic that that is a part of our healing. The most the, 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 the best scripture in the book of Proverbs is is where our healing is kind of built and is centered around this particular verse of scripture. And <clears throat> we're going to take an opportunity. Amen. To 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 some, let me just say some things to you right here that, that I wrote down in my notes as I was preparing this message. Some things that just came to me as I looked at this verse in Proverbs 
you know, the third chapter. And, and y'all know I'm a note guy. I, I just hear things, thoughts come to me. I write them down. And let me run through a few of these right here to preface my message, things that I wrote down as I prepared the message for School of Healing. And it says, opportunity will knock until you build the door. And so if you want the door of healing to be open, you keep knocking, okay? You keep knocking. Build that door. Amen. Because, you know, it, it, that opportunity will not knock until you build the door. And the door is a, it's a way to God, to way to God's healing. Remember, he is that door. So build your faith on the one who is the door so he can open that door, okay? Knocking, it, 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 you know, he says, though I stand at the door and knock, you have to open up and let me in. But you got to first build the door. Amen. And, you know, the opportunity will not knock until the door is built. The opportunity for healing, you know. And, and, and so he kind of, this kind of came to me uh, as I was thinking yesterday. And it says a bad workman always blames his tools. When sometimes when a, when, a, when a workman is trying to build something, it's amazing how that workman will always blame his tools when things fall short. You know, because we we study to show ourselves approved in the God as workmen who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, and so many times we blame our tools. <clears throat> you know, I didn't understand. You know, I was provoked, Lord God. I didn't I didn't know that's what you wanted me to do, God. You know, that workman, but you know, we we we, we gotta understand that we are workmen and we, we study to show ourselves approved unto God, not to people, but unto God. You know, not that I can toot my, my horn, you know, but to God. You know, we want God to be put in remembrance of what he said. We want so we don't end up blaming the tools. The word, amen, which is our greatest tool for building any house because of the foundation. We should use this kind of proverb when someone blames the value of their equipment or their work or their actions and behavior or other external factors when their assigned task is performed poorly. You know, sometimes we fall short, but that's what the words say. We all fall short. And so we shouldn't be afraid of that. You know, we're incomplete, but there's a work that has begun in us and God will come finish that work. So, you know, he gets all the credit. Amen. So we don't blame ourselves for performing poorly, but we, the weaker we are, the stronger God is. And we have to understand that. That's why his grace is sufficient for us. Paul said, you know, I would rather glory in my affliction that his grace might appear. That's in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter, you know, chapter of uh, 2 Corinthians, uh, Paul said that in chapter the 12 verses 8 and 9 the King James Bible you know so we don't freak out because we perform poorly because we know that if I'm weak I can say I'm strong in the Lord if I'm if I'm poor I can say I'm rich in the Lord you know because he does all things and he does it well and then I wrote something else down you know you know these are just some things you know that I that I taught with yesterday I'm prefacing where we're going this morning a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush I remember hearing that so much when I was growing up I even started saying it and, and I started thinking about it yesterday you know and the blessings we already have are far better than the ones we hope for uh, we hope to get uh, we healed already by and with his stripes and so that's what we already have. Jesus told me to fight for that, that I've already have, that he's already given me. There's nothing new under the sun. It's so much on these pages of scripture, man, that we have not even yet touched or tapped into. Amen. Especially in this area of healing right now. And so, you know, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And so we fight for what we already have. Amen. Our healing is already done. Uh, uh, something else I wrote down here, it says... Um, Absence makes the heart grow fonder. 
absence make the heart grow fonder. Sometimes people will say, well, you know, I wanted to get on, but I kind of felt bad this morning. I didn't want to get on late. You know, y'all was already 15 minutes into it. And they just become absent from that day's teaching. And all of a sudden something happens and now they are so convicted. They start condemning themselves. They thank God punishing them because they didn't get on. But just understand absence makes the heart grow fonder is a myth. You know, it does not. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if you forsake this feminine of yourself together, some is, you don't get exhausted that day. That's what the word promises in the book of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And so, you know, it says, when the people we love appears not to be with us, this is when we love them even the more without their permission. Amen. This is what we have to do as Christians. A cat has nine lives. I know a lot of y'all done heard this here right before. A cat has nine lives. Amen. And these things came to my mind, you know, because I was just I was just sitting and thinking about this lesson. And it says we ought to by now uh, we can do know that we can do all things. Amen. Through Christ who strengthens us, even when faced with fatal affliction, situation and circumstances. You know, we don't need to worry about the cat with the nine lives. We just need to worry about the life that God has promised us and promises to it more abundantly. He says, Satan coming, but for to kill your adversary, but for to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now, okay, now we're not a cat, amen. We don't worry about nine lives. We worry about the life that God has given us more abundantly. A chain is only as strong as its weakest link. We've heard that, man, so many times. All it takes is for one member of the team to make the whole team weak. So remember that we come united as one, one voice crying out to God this morning, even though we might have our different insights, our different ways of doing things, our different perspectives. Amen. And you should have your own perspective. I have a political perspective. I have a, a spiritual perspective. You know, I have I have many, many. I have a governmental perspective on things and I share it sometimes and some of you get to hear it. But we can't let it all sometimes kind of run together like one big bundle because that can be confusing not only to those who we share with, but even to us in our own thinking and trying to figure things out and put things together or how I want to approach things or how I want to do things. Amen. Got to remember those, those, those words, we get snared by them. And so they have to be, these words have to be guarded. They have to be protected because they, words are very powerful. They're creative and amen. And they bring situations into reality. So we have to be so, so careful when we speak because sometimes it's not what I say, it's what I do when I say something. That's what a lot of times people look at. Actions speak louder than words. We do uh, what we do is our is our best reflection of our character. The easy route is the many things we say, but our struggle comes from having to act on or do those things which we say and follow through with corresponding action. A drowning man will clutch onto a straw if they, he think that straw will help him. You know, and we know that that's how people are sometimes. They get desperate. They'll grab, man, anything that come along, anywhere in the doctrine. You know, they got them itching ears. You know, they love to hear what they like to hear. You know, instead of good news, they just hear what, you know, what they want to hear. And it's like a, a, a drowning man grabbing hold to a straw, holding on to it for dear life because he believed that straw would save him. We will or we not, we will or we will not take each opportunity to improve the situation at hand or the one that will happen. These are the things that we have to embrace, those things that be not as though they are. 
You know, faith works like this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So clutch on to it. Put your faith and your confidence, your hope, you know, your reliance, your assurance, your belief in a God who cannot fail. Clutch on to him. Be like Jacob. Get a grip on him. If you're waiting on God to heal you, hold on to God until the healing manifests. Adversity and loss makes a man wise. I, I believe that difficult, troubled times and sicknesses gains us wisdom otherwise we would miss out on if we fail to see these as times to prosper rather than fail you know when i went through my three episodes man i got to see in these difficulties the very power of god and i'm so blessed today because of it so i'm able and willing to bless other people with the testimony and that's how we should all feel if god has ever done anything for you you ought to be willing to overcome some things with that testimony that's how we overcome them the adversary the other the other tests and trials and tribulations that's going to come the other persecution and situations and circumstances that are yet to come we overcome about what god has already done what he promised to do health and healing is promised to the obedient and so we want to pick up right there god's word god's commands god's spiritual laws god's ordinances god's statutes god's judgments god's spiritual principles god's spiritual teachings for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. We read this in the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 22, the King James Bible. Again, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh, all their flesh. Look at what he's saying. Very powerful there. We got to find the word of God. Uh, the, uh, thy words were found and I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. That's in the book of Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16, the King James Bible. We see here that the prophet Jeremiah, at a low point in his life, when he's stressed out, he's beaten down, he's worn down, he's running because there's been a threat, and he's ready to throw in the tower He's so exhausted, amen, that he takes a seat and began to think and ponder, you know, what the situation was, what the circumstances was. And he was faced with the opportunity to just fail and give up like many of us sometimes. And many people are doing it right now. They're just giving up on their family members. I, I saw a young man yesterday as he was testifying. He lost his father. And he said that he did all these things. He flew from New Jersey to a place where his mom was, got hurt, and went to the hospital facility where they had his father because his father wanted to see them that one final time. His father went from being a healthy man. COVID just ripped him off for his life, and he was so sick on ventilators. And they wanted to go there and see him. And they showed up there, and it just troubled my heart that in the room, instead of praying, the mother didn't, didn't pray. He didn't. The son didn't pray. None of the other family members that were there was praying. And uh, he took out a, 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 a piece of music by Sam Cooke and said that was his father's favorite song. It was a worldly song. And started playing that song. And, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking about, man, if they'd have known God in such a way that they could pray, man, and know, you know, that God wants them and he promised them, you know, just like us, healing and health, if they would just be obedient. Not one time in this interview did I ever hear the young man say anything 
about God. I saw the tears rolling down his face. I saw the hurt. I felt the pain. I felt the burden. And I began to pray. But, you know, it was it was it was it was praying for him and his mother and the siblings that were left behind because the father is dead. Now he's gone. He's out of here. And there's nothing I could do about that. But but I, my heart just went out as I saw this young man. And never one time did I hear him say anything about God, any acknowledgement of God. But you had to remember, God said healing and health is promised to the obedient. Amen. And it's time for people to understand that the doctors can treat symptoms, diagnose symptoms, give you something to comfort you, help you with the pain, but they cannot heal you. Science cannot heal you. It will help you, but it will not heal you. He is the one that have promised us health and healing for the obedient, obeying him, obeying his laws, his words, his statutes, that list of things we just went down, which is the makeup of the Bible, the framework of the Bible. Let me give it to you again. God's word, God's commands, God's spiritual laws, God's ordinances, God's statutes, God's judgments, God's spiritual principles, God's spiritual teachings, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. And so we see Jeremiah found those words, he found those laws, he found those, those ordinances, and God began to remind him that he had called him from his in his mother's womb. Amen. That must have been good news for someone who's about to die, who's about to give up on life. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30, verse 17, the King James Bible, it says this, listen at this promise, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Okay, doctors don't say this. They say, well, I give you some for the pain. You know, but listen to what the Lord says, saith the Lord. He said, I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee a outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. You know, no man seeketh after. We got to seek after God. You know, we got to seek after his promises, seek after his word. Go for him. Go after him. He's the healer. And sometimes we get the word, but we don't get the healer. We 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 get the, the, the logos, the written word, the written promise. Amen. But we don't get the living word. So you can get both. You know, you can get you can you can ask God to come in and be my healer. God, I acknowledge you as my healer. I embrace you as my healer. You know, we're talking with the healer. Let's talk with the healer sometimes. We talk with the doctor. The doctor tell you, you feel that. They'll put the little telescope on your chest. Do you feel that? Take deep breaths. And we talk with the doctor. We said, well, doctor, what you think? You know, we talk with the doctor. And God is saying, look, I want you to speak with your healer. I want you to speak with him as your healer. You know, we put him in remembrance of the word. And we ought to be saying, Lord, I thank you for your word that you've given me that I can put you in remembrance of because I know you watch over your word, to he you know, to, to perform it. And if it's a word about healing, look at what he says. He says, I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. You know, tell, talk with him and let him know, God, you said this, Father. You know, where, where's where's this promise at? Where's this miracle at? You said this to me. You know, I, I received this. I believe this coming from you, Lord. And he says, because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Amen. And so, you know, just like those immigrant children down there right now that no doubt need some medical attention, need, they've come through waters, they've come through jungle, they've come through bushes, they come, uh, you know, you got ticks out there, you got all kinds of other stuff out there. They haven't had a bath. Yes, they might be carrying some type of virus, some type of, that's why you need to quarantine them and put them in a separate facility until you can get medical personnel in there and examine them, you know. 
even though they may be treated like an outcast right now in the media and people can't get caught up in that. That's what you have to do until you get a, a grip or a hold on the situation. And so they might be called outcasts right now, you know, saying this is Zion. I like that. Jeremiah is saying this is Zion. You know, these are God's people. This might be the church right here. You never know. This might be the future church down there in them cages right now, down there in them facilities right now. God can raise those people up right now who are, who are treated like outcasts. And use them. Amen. And use them. I remember last year, I used to hear some of the testimonies. And every one of those immigrant people, parents, those children that they interview, all of them talked about Ecclesia. They talked about, you know, God. They talked about, you know, uh, you know uh, Yahweh. They talked about him. They talked about they prayed. They talked about God more than Christian people talked about God, you know. And it goes on to say in the book of Exodus, chapter 15, verse 26, the King James Bible. And we know this scripture. And say it, if thou would diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. So we see right away that diseases, sicknesses, infirmities, affliction is really not for God's people. In other words, it's not to be on our lives permanently. God has another purpose for those, okay? But in disobedience, sometimes these things come on us because we're exposed. When you're in disobedience, you expose yourself to these things that God is saying here that he put on Egypt our enemies, you know, and Egypt could be, you know, it could be some, some folks today. You know, it could be some situations today. You know, wilderness is nothing but a hard, difficult place. Egypt is what's contrary to God. It's a mindset, you know, even though it was real then. But today, some people are, are free, but it's like their minds are still bound by what was in Egypt. Bondage. And the Lord said, look, stand fast in the liberty where Christ has made you free and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage again. Don't doubt God. Hope in God, you know, be confident in God, be assured of his precious promises. You know, uh, Paul said that to the Galatian church in the book of Galatians, chapter five, verse one, the King James Bible. So do not do not be entangled with the yoke. Don't doubt God. He will heal your wounds, saith the Lord, you know. And, and he told Moses to tell the people, stop that bickering, stop that murmuring, stop that complaining. Here come this old virus again. Here come this old cold again. Here come this old flu again. Oh, my tooth hurting again. Oh, I got a headache. Oh, my back is hurting again. You know, talk with the Lord about it. Lord, you said that you would heal my wound. Lord, heal my spiritual, heal me physically, heal my body, heal my life, heal my finances, heal my emotions. You know, you know, you know. This brings us to our text today in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. So it says here, let's just read these verses to you and talk about them. It says, my son, forget not my law. Bam, my son. So God calls us. We are the children of God, the sons of God. Understand this language here that the, prop, that, 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 uh, uh, the preacher is using here, uh, you know, being Solomon. Solomon is a preacher. And he writes this. He says, my son. Forget not my laws. He's remembering what his father had told him that God had told him. David was Solomon's father and Solomon remember what David told him that God had told David. And so they're passing this on down through generations so that they can walk in divine health and healing. And he says, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Let thine heart keep my commandments. Why? Everything starts in the heart. Why? That's the first place God looks to see is his word there. That's why we, we learn in the book of Psalms chapter 119, it says, hide thy word, that thy word might be hidden in my heart, that I sin not against you. This is David. 
And here David is talking to his son and his son is talking to everybody out there who will read these tidings, these, this good news. You know, he said, my son, forget there right off the bat. He said, forget not my law. Remember, we just read that list of things about God's word, his statutes, his ordinance, his commands, his truth, his teachings. You know, he said, don't forget them because within them contains the benefits and healing is in there. Tells you how, you know, where it comes from, what to do when you're sick, when you're going through, you know. But let thine heart keep my commandments. Put in there what God has said so that out of the abundance of your heart, when you start speaking to these things, it comes out of your mouth. If it's in your heart, it's going to come out of your mouth because that's where the issues of life. And if the issue is you sick, you got a disease, you wounded, you have an infirmity, you got diabetes, you got high blood pressure, you got cancer. Then what is in your heart concerning these things is what you ought to be speaking. Healing and health. Amen. That's promised to those who are obedient. And if I'm obedient to these commands, he's not saying you're, you're, you're perfect. You're not doing anything wrong. But what he's saying is this. When you are wounded, when you are sick, then Paul said, I would rather glory in my affliction. That's that's what the command is right there. Telling you to glory in your affliction, that the grace of God might appear upon you and be sufficient for you. You know, that's what he's saying right there. And then he goes on to say, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. That's that's the reward right there for not forgetting those benefits. That's the reward right there. You know, you know, God has promised healing and health, you know. And look at what he's saying. Long life, length of days and peace. You know, shall he add to thee? Shall he add to thee? You know, we love that verse of scripture in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 33, the King James Bible. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek what? God's word, God's way of doing things, God's teaching to us, God's command to us, God's judgments to us, God's ordinances. Seek that. That's his kingdom. Who God is, what God was, and what God's going to be. That's his kingdom, his way of doing things, his perspective. And he said, and they shall be added to you. Long life. Okay, length of days and peace shall be added to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the tables of thine heart. Look at what he's saying. Don't let whatever you let go, let doubt, let unbelief, let hurt, let all that disappointment, let all that anxiety, all that stress about something. Amen. Uh, you know, that somebody said or somebody did. Forget about all of that. He said, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Because mercy is new every morning, something we don't deserve. And truth, man, is going to stand when the earth passes away, when all this other stuff passes away. Sickness is going to pass away. Disease is going to pass away. Affliction, infirmity, all this is going to pass away. But he's, my truth is going to stand forever. And we want to be sanctified in that truth because that word is truth, Lord. You know, you know. That's why we got to hide them commandments in our heart because they won't forsake us. God said, I will not forsake you. I won't leave you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. He said, bind them about thy neck. You know, bind them about their about, about thy neck. Amen. You know, what he's saying is this, man, you know, be full of that word all the way up to your neck. You know, be full of that word all all the way up there from, you know, from from head to toe, neck, all the way up to the top of my head. We, we say it sometimes, crown of my head, the soles of my feet. You know, he said, bind them around your neck, you know, bind them, you know, bind them, you know, hold on to it. Tie yourself up with it. Yoke yourself with it. That's what he's talking about. You know, let that word be like a yoke. You know, let it come around, it be around your neck like a yoke. You know, it's got a hold on you so that your neck is not stiff. You know, the Bible talks about people with a stiff neck. It's because they don't have the word. So they're just as stiff in their traditions as they can be. You say something about with this stripe, you're healed. They're looking at you like you're crazy. 
I'm going to put you on the sick list and pray for you. You know, but he said, let that word be like a yoke around your neck that you won't turn away from it, you know, up to your neck. Write them upon the tablets of thine heart. You know, put it on the tablets of your heart. Get rid of all that doubt, unbelief, and put that word right there, you know, so that thou shalt find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Good understanding about who your healer is, where to turn to, what to say to God, what to put him in remembrance of. Father, you said you were going to heal my wounds, saith the Lord. I believe you're going to do that, Lord. I receive that by faith right now in the name of Jesus. I'm confident. I believe it, Lord. Therefore, I receive it, Lord. You know, he said, he said, you know, to God and man, understanding the sight in the sight of God and man, you know, seeking first that kingdom, you know, God adding the healing to me, you know, striving to please God in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Just like we read in the book of Romans chapter 14, you know, verses 16 through 18. You know, the kingdom of God is not in material things. It's not in medicine, cross over the counter drugs. It's not in, 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 in what the doctors offer you. Thank God for them. They know what they're talking about. They understand the anatomy of the body. They understand when there's inflammation. They understand when there's tumors and cancer. They understand all of that. But that, that, that healing and that health that God promised me, they may not understand because they may not be a believer or, or they may not be saved. This is where we come in at. Don't lose your faith just because you're in the emergency room and told you got to have surgery removed some, some gallstone or some kidney stone. Keep your faith in God. Okay? It says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. There it is. And lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, sometimes we lean to the doctor's understanding of things more than we do to God's understanding. God made these bodies. He created these bodies. And he's promised us healing and health. And the key to that is, the access to that is, obedience. It's better to obey God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Peter, I'm so glad when Peter got out of prison, man, I mean, he had been hurt. He had been beaten. He thought he would never see the day daylight again. But there were some people in the house praying for his release. And he got released and he came out and he kept preaching. And they said, did we not tell you not to preach in this name? Have we not forbidden you? Did we not put stripes on your body when we caught you preaching and teaching in this name before? And Peter said, you don't understand. It's better to obey God than it is to obey man. You know, he was standing there after they had beat him. He'd been in prison. He'd been in an infested dungeon and, and, and no doubt there was disease in there. But God shielded him and protected him. Why? Because God had promised him for obeying him. The reason he got put in prison healing and health so he could go on preaching and teaching out of his heart the gospel of jesus it was in his heart it was in his heart and god saw it in his heart and that's why he he freed him out of the prison he walked right out and kept on preaching kept on teaching you know because he knew you know he trusted in the lord with all of his heart he did not lean to his own understanding and all thy ways and all means all y'all there any there is no escape here there's no getting around it he says and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct amen thy path be not wise in thine own eyes Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Look at what the Lord is saying here. You know, in all thy ways, acknowledge him. Okay. All your ways, acknowledge God. You know, all your ways. Okay. Acknowledge him. You know, everything, even if you're going to go buy some across the counter drugs, ask God to help you pick the right one. They'll give you temporary relief. They're not going to heal you. You know, even if you have your favorite doctor, ask God to use that doctor. If he ain't saved, God save him. I don't want to work on me if he don't save him. When I get there, Lord, I want the courage to ask him, Lord, do you, doctor, do you believe? Doctor so-and-so, do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in God? 
That's important. You have the right to ask that question. You want to know why? You're a person of faith. I do it all the time. No doctor puts his hand on me or her on me without me asking that question. I have a conversation. I have a dialogue with them, you know. And, 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 and thankfully, every doctor that I have, my oncologist, both of my primary care doctors, they are Christian people and they believe in God. And what's so amazing, one of them are Caucasian, Dr. Simmons. One of them is from, um, he's from uh, India and one of them is from Africa. And they're wonderful people, all of them from different places geographically. But they all believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. They all believe in God. We have church when I go see them. Isn't that amazing? So I feel so, so, so at peace. You know, because God promised me that peace because they're going to give me the best advice. But I always tell them, thank you, doctor. But Jesus is my healer. And they just crack up. They say, boy, you got some strong faith. My life is hanging in the balance here. I'm fighting for what God promised me. You you darn right. <laughs> you know, faith is what is what pleases God. I, I want more faith. That's why we have to hear the word so we can receive more faith, especially when it comes down to health and healing that God promised me. I don't have to obey him by looking in this perfect law of liberty and continuing therein that I might have success in the area of healing. And so you might have it because you're hearing it from me. You know, we've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, all these sicknesses and things that my wife and I've had to fight through. They were real. They wasn't make-believe. You know, they were real. You know, they hit our body. They hit our life. They, they, they put us in a position, man, where we had to find out who to turn to real quick, fast, and in a hurry because we've been accustomed to going to the doctors and putting all of our confidence and trust in them. But now we realize we were saved. We realize we've been obeying God's word. We've been doing what he said. So we still having a conversation with God, our healer. And some of you have been in the same boat. I know you have. We, we, we pray for you and with you. But he says right there, but, but be not wise in thy own eyes. Fear the Lord. Oh, yes. Reverence him and depart from evil. Oh, yes. I started repenting, man. Every, every time something happens, I start repenting because I want to make sure I don't be saying, if God, I did anything wrong. I be saying, no, God. Father, I repent of all my sins. You know, I repent, Lord God. I ask you to search me, create me, a clean heart, renew within a right spirit. I'm not going before God asking him to heal me if I'm not sure that I repented that day or if I've not asked him to forgive me. Try to make this a habit every day. I, I encourage you, make it a habit every day. Just make it a way of life. A, call it a penitent life, a repentant life, a penitent life, a life of, of dependent, repentant folks. You know, we're not ashamed to repent. We, we, we know that's a privilege, God. That's a benefit. To ask someone to forgive you that you know are able to forgive you and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness. Faithful and just to do that. And so it should not be a shame thing or a reserve thing or, you know, private. It's, it's asking to forgive you and move on. He did forgive yourself. He said, it shall be health to thy neighbor. My God, health to thy neighbor. Neighbor, that meaning in the innermost parts of who you are. Behind your neighbor is your innermost being. Somewhere tucked away down in there, you know, in that region. And it comes up out of your gut from there, you know. You know, from your core, from your inner, from your inner man, you know, the seat of your, of who you are, your, your very being deep down within your heart and your soul. That that region there that 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 the word penetrates and goes down in there where you keep the secrets at, you know, where you lock things in that you don't want nobody to know about. You were that horrible person one time. You know, it ain't, it's been on the thing. There is a thought of it because God has already forgiven you. And that's why so many times we tell people, if God forgive you, forgive, forgive yourself and move on. Peter had that problem. No condemnation to those who be in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the things of the spirit. And he goes on to say, and marrow to thy bones. You know what marrow do to the bones? 
you know, and I had my MRI and I got another one coming up, a scan. They scanned my bone to see had the cancer gotten into my, my bone. The marrow had affected the marrow of my bone. And thank God they said, no, it looks real good in there. I'm getting ready to take another one here for my update. I'm believing God that it's going to look good in there again, you know, because I got his word. What is uh, Proverbs talking about here? This, what is this talking about? It is a conversation and we should have it with our sons, just like God has it with us, his sons. We should have that conversation with our children, you know, about healing, really where it comes from. It concerns life. It concerns the soul. It concerns the body. It concerns the mind, the heart, and health, and longevity. This is what this chapter here is talking about if I, as I sum it up to close. He tells him to follow in his ways. Solomon is telling his son just like his father told him, just like God told David his son. Follow in God's ways, you know. David told Solomon just like God told David. Trust in God, pursue wisdom, and treat others properly. That's a problem right there sometimes that we've been healed, but we treat other healed folk like they, you know, they don't die. <clears throat> we don't wish them to get well. We don't wish them to get delivered. We just so glad to see that they're going through something. You know, sometimes we wish punishment on them, but we have to let God be the judge of the unrighteous. You know, let God be the just of the just, the justified, which is supposed to be us, you know, justified by faith. And so he said, treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them properly. That's the proper way. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Treat them the way the Lord has treated you, with mercy and grace and forgiveness. You know, long-suffering if you have to. Bear their burdens if you need to. You know, you're strong. Bear the burdens of the weak. Be glad about it. He also tells him not to envy the lawless because God gives them what they deserve. Man, this thing has been ministering to me, you know, because sometimes, man, I can be outspoken. Sometimes I can be critical. Sometimes I can even be judgmental. That's, that's my human nature. But I recognize and realize that about myself, and I'm not offended when God pointed that out to me. Remember, the word of God is inspired. It's doctrine so we can live by, so we can be reproved, have things pointed out that I'm doing wrong or I can do better, and it teaches and tells me how and shows me how, and it corrects me, and it's, it's instruction in righteousness, the right way to do it. So the next time I'll be reminded of it, not mad and upset about it because I found out that I fell short. That's the beauty of life right there, you know, is staying humble under the hand of Almighty God, knowing he'll exalt you in due time. You don't have to exalt yourself. I don't have to exalt myself, you know. I love staying humble. I love being weak when God can be strong in my life, you know. I don't have to be all of this and all of that. If God chooses to use me, that's the greatest thing in the world. That's the greatest calling in the world. To obey that God that called you, thought enough of you, saved you, and want to use you. He didn't want to use your pride. He don't want to use your arrogance. He don't want to use my spiritual unintelligence. You know, he want me to make myself available to him so his spirit can work through me, work through all of us as believers. You know, don't get caught up in my title as pastor. That title don't have no weight. It's just that, you know, that's the that's the framework of, of, of what we do. You know, but I'm just a believer, just like you. And the Bible says signs and wonders follow those who believe. All the signs and wonders follow me because I believe, not because I'm a pastor. You know, be clear about that. The book of Mark, chapter 16, you know, verses 16 and, and, and 17. It says, in his name, you lay hands on the sick and they recover. In his name, you cast out demons. In his name, if you drink any deadly poison, things shall not harm you. In his name, we speak with new tongues. It's time for us to speak with a new tongue, a tongue of healing, a tongue that says, God, I want my tongue to obey you so that my life and my body and everything about me will obey you. 
And the only way our tongues can obey him is they got to be learned. They got to be taught how to obey God, how to follow his commands, how to follow his laws, his ordinances. So when we get it in our mouth, it's in our tongue, it's in our heart. When we open our mouth, that's what we speak. That's what comes out of us. That's what we want to be bound by. That's what we want to be snared by. That's what we want to be taken by. That's what we want to be trapped by. So that when that sickness shows up, I don't have to look for it. It's right there. Just like Jesus said, it's written. Man shall not live by bread alone, by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And if God promised it to me, I want to know it so I can give it back to him and say, God, you promised this right here, Father, as I'm talking with him. You know, and so, you know, this this is what this chapter is really talking about. It's this conversation with the preacher. You know, having a conversation with God and having a conversation with himself and having a conversation with the people on what his father taught him, what God had taught his father, David. So what is a good son to do? Well, what uh, is a good son wants the father to do? Whatever I want my father to do, I ought to be willing to do as a son. It's just that simple. Whatever I want God to do, I ought to be willing to do it so that now when I talk with my father, I can say, well, father, I did what you told me to do. That's that obedience part so that my healing and my health can spring forth like a brand new day. You know, so that's what a son sort of doing. We are sons. We are daughters of God. The best verse to answer this question is found in the text this morning. And it's in verse uh, three and five of this text of the King James Bible. That's in the book of Proverbs, chapter three, verse five and verse six of the King James Bible. Look at what it said. This is the best verse right here. Well, I told you when I started, I preference this message with this verse right here. Get this verse. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter three, verse five and six of the King James Bible. It said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's the book of Proverbs, chapter three, verses five and six of the King James Bible. Direct my path, where pastor, away from being bound by sickness, by wounds, by disease. Some people get stuck in it. They think they're going to die. I've been there and done that. But you can lean toward that understanding. You got to obey God. You got to acknowledge God. You got to remember what he promised, what he said. That's how man's going to live. Not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. You know, he goes on to say in book in, in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20, 22 of the King James Bible, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Okay, over in the book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 22, the King James Bible, we move to close. It says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Book of Proverbs, chapter 17, verse 22, the King James Bible. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30, verse 17, the King James Bible, it says this, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. Seek after God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. Uh, the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 6, the King James Bible says this, Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them, and I will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth, saith the Lord. My last verse as we close. O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Be thou their arm um, every morning, 
our salvation also in the time of trouble. And that's in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33, verse two, the King James Bible. Father, be it unto us this morning, according to your word, as we come to closure now, Lord God. Father, we thank you and we praise you this morning that we understand, Lord God, that health and healing, healing and health, Lord God, is promised to us by the Father who are obedient to you, who obey your word, who obey your commands, who obey your laws, who obey your ordinances, who obey your teachings, oh Lord God, who obey your instructions, oh God, your word, your command, your spiritual laws, or your God, your your ordinances, oh God, your statutes, your judgments, oh God, your spiritual principles, your your spiritual teachings, oh God, for they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. So we thank you this morning that we have found your word and we have eaten your word. And even now, God, we're receiving strength. We're receiving health. We're being renewed this morning because your word is a joy and a rejoicing in our hearts this morning. We thank you that we are called. We acknowledge that we are called by your name because you are the God of hosts. You are the one that have called us. You are the one that have set aside, consecrated and separated us. You are the one that have sanctified us with thy word. Thy word is truth. Let us hide it in our hearts that we will not sin against you. That when we open up our mouth out of the abundance of our heart, your mouth will come forth and we will be snared by the words of our mouth and taken by the words of our mouth. God, we will be brought away, God, from sickness, disease, Lord God, and infirmities and afflictions and illnesses, oh God, and viruses, oh God. And so we thank you this morning for restoring our health, oh Lord God. We thank you this morning for healing our wounds this morning. We thank you this morning, Lord God, that we're no longer outcasts, oh Lord God, but Father, we've been bought in and grafted in, adopted in as children of God. And we come to you this morning and we speak with you, Lord God, as sons of, of God, as daughters of God, Lord God. We receive you this morning. And you say you give us power as many as receive them to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power and works of the enemy. And we tread upon sickness, disease right now, diabetes right now, Lord God, high blood pressure this morning, chronic diseases this morning, all types, every level, God, we tread upon them this morning, Lord. And we declare that with your stripes, we're already healed. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor for the things that you have already done. We thank you this morning that you are the Lord, our God, that healed all of our diseases this morning, Lord God. We thank you that you have bought us out of bondage this morning, Lord God, and you are the Lord, our God, that healed us, oh God. And so we thank you this morning, oh Lord God. Hallelujah for the word of the Lord this morning as you spoke to us. My son, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments that we may have length of day, long life, and peace, oh God, that you will add to us. We give you praise, Lord, now and now. We pray for the lost. We pray for the backslidden. We pray for the prodigal sons and daughters that they've heard this word. And Father, right now, they're making the necessary changes to hide it in their hearts that they won't sin against you, that they might be able to have health and healing that the Father has promised to us. And we give you praise for it. We give you glory and honor for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, all right then. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm finished this morning with the School of Healing. Thank all of you for joining this morning. Hopefully it's been a blessing to you. Share it with someone. Amen. All right then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome all of you this morning to the Creating a Prayer Culture for God this morning. Thank you for taking the time out and joining us this morning, joining with us this morning. All of you from around the 
nation, the country, the world, from wherever you're chiming in at this morning. We appreciate you. We welcome you this morning. Pastor Leston Sharon Hayes here with New Freedom Christian Ministry. And we thank the Lord this morning that we also have joining with us this morning. Our very own Pastor Eric and Phoebe Davis this morning from, uh, you know, more than Conquerors Warriors Christ. I mean, please put, y'all put your phones on mute. I don't know what happened to my override button. It just, so y'all put your phone on mute. You know what to do when you get ready to come back. Help me out there. Amen. Everybody just go ahead and mute out. I tried to mute us out override but it didn't happen but that's okay we're gonna drive on anyway turn your coffee pots off and all that till i finish teaching amen but we thank the lord this morning amen for just gathering this morning to learn some more about the revelations of jesus christ it's just awesome we had an awesome word yesterday awesome praise and worship yesterday awesome school of healing teaching yesterday i tried to post that yesterday and had a few problems on my tablet but i'll try to get it out there to you today from yesterday's teaching. Amen. This morning, we're going to deal with the revelation of Jesus Christ. I tell you, this study and this teaching, man, has really revolutionized my life. Amen. My understanding of really who we actually have as a savior in Jesus Christ, not only to know that he is the, the living word of God, but to be able to know him personally and, and, and learn some things about him and to be able to to have a chance to, 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 know, to look at how he taught his disciples and know that we can teach the way he taught, that we can imitate him and we don't have to go outside of, of, of what Jesus did. And we just do like he said. He said, you're going to do the work that I did, do it the way he did it, and greater works are you going to do because he's a God of increase. And as we began to embrace you know, what Jesus did and teach what Jesus taught without adding anything or taking anything or twisting anything. Because, you know, when you look at the scripture, you have to see what it is God wants you to see. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to what he's trying to show us and not what we think is there. That's called leaning to what you think is right. You know, and sometimes what happens is we take things out of context. Amen. I have been guilty, but God is readjusting my focus. He's causing me to look closer at things, to do a selah every time I read the word, pause and think on it, meditate on it for a minute, make sure I got the good understanding of God. What is it that you want me to see right here? Buy yourself some time, sometime when you read the word and study the word. Always remember when you're studying the word, you're not just studying the word to get something to share with somebody. You're studying the word for your own maturity, for your own development, for your own learning. Amen. So that when the time comes to share something, it's already hidden in there. It's already tucked away in there. It's already in your thoughts. It's in your mind. Trust me. And the Holy Ghost will bring back that portion of it that needs to be said. Amen. And anything beyond that that it's overkill it's too much you know and so and so we like that man when we get man we get so full sometimes boy i know me as a preacher i love to talk about jesus man and there's nothing wrong with that amen amen we just want to make sure when we talk about jesus we're talking about jesus Amen. Because he's the one that needs to be known and he want to be known. And we don't have enough preachers that talk about Jesus and I ain't putting them down, but they talk about a lot of stuff, but they don't talk enough about Jesus. And this is why the world is in the shape that it's in, because we got tons of preachers. We got tons of title holders. We got tons of people out there and I'm not knocking them. I hope they chime in and dial this number so they can hear some revelations so they can hear some word, you know, and, 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 and hopefully, you know, uh, take it and, and, and pass it on. We don't want to hold on to it. We want to share it, you know, because it was shared with us so that other people hear it. They'll share it too. Believe me, it is the word of God. It ain't our word. We just the instruments and vessels that God choose to speak through and use. And man, if we could just get that revelation right there, that we're just instruments. He is the example that we follow and people follow us prayerfully and hopefully 
as we followed him. Now, we're not following him. I don't want nobody following me if I ain't following him. I don't want that extra responsibility because I misled somebody. And so we, we, we just thank God for this awesome privilege and opportunity that we have, amen, to be his ambassadors, to be his representatives in the earth, man, and that know that God would, would use people like us, man. I'm telling you, that just blows my mind that God would choose to use people like us, man, without title, without all the fanfare, without all the mega whatever microphone, you know, platform, but just to know that God would take, take a few believers like us, man, and use us to publish his word, amen, because we take the time to study God's word, to show ourselves approved unto him, you know, amen, as workmen who need not be ashamed that we may rightly divide the word of truth. That means cut it straight, you know, don't add nothing to it. Don't go up the street, round the street, down the corner to try to get, just cut it straight. Talk about who it is that's being talked about, you know, and talk about what is being said. What is the thing that they're addressing right there? How does it apply? You know, and then talk about the results. You know, I, I love it, man. Amen. We want them results that God intended for us to have. Amen. I, I, can, I can see myself with some results, but is that the result that God want me to have? And that's the key right there. So let's get in here this morning. We're in the in the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 11. We're going to pick up our study this morning at verse 38. Uh, we finished up last time we spoke talking about the need of the people. And today what we're going to talk about, we knew the people needed some assurance about Jesus when he came to raise Lazarus from the death. Amen. There was a lot of doubt. Why is he coming so late? Four days. Lazarus is stinking right now. And, you know, we know Martha ran out to meet him, sent for Mary. And we know what happened there because there was a great need that the people had. And the Lord met that need. He satisfied that need. This morning's revelation, what we're going to deal with is this. You know, you got Jesus and you got Lazarus. You got Martha. You got Mary. This is just, just unique family who had faith in God. But they're getting ready to take their faith right now and use their faith to trust God even the more. Because right now you're getting ready to see God's power over death. We're getting ready to see a display of his power over death. Jesus has arrived on the scene and, and he's not shaken. He's not worried. He did weep with them when he saw them weeping over how they loved their brother, how he loved Lazarus. Lazarus loved him. And so, yeah, there were there was some weeping and he, he wept because they bowed down before him and they wept together. They prayed to him. They worshiped him because they knew he was the resurrection and the life. And but but their 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 idea or understanding of him was what he was going to do in the resurrection. But see, he he is the resurrection. He is the life. And so he's on the scene right now. And so we're getting ready to see them shift their faith in what he said was going to happen. Martha is already there. She's convinced he's the son of God. She's convinced, amen, that he was sent by God. You know, she's convinced. The rest of them getting ready to be convinced because we're getting ready to see this revelation about how Jesus now, you know, he's going to have power over death. Man, that just blesses me to know that he has power over death. What am I saying to you? Right now on planet Earth, there's a lot of people out there that are spiritually dead and they need to have an encounter with the resurrection power of God. And I'm praying this morning, Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you this morning, that this message will go out to all those places where people are spiritually dead because they're spiritually ignorant of the things of God, of the revelations of God and the Holy Ghost. I pray that you resurrect somebody this morning out of a spiritually dead situation and you will bring life to those bones and they'll come together and they'll live. God, I thank 
thank you this morning and I praise you this morning as we pray and gather this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, right now we're speaking life in those dead, spiritually dead places. We're speaking resurrection power this morning in the name of Jesus. God, to those that are bind, bound, those that are blind, those that are in captivity and bondage this morning, those that have been, been, been overtaken, Lord God, by, by false teaching, false preaching. We denounce it, every bit of it in the name of Jesus, every false prophecy, Lord God, every false teaching in the name of Jesus. We denounce it this morning. We counsel it this morning that this word, Lord God, may override that spiritual death that they that have them bound right now, and they may come alive to the resurrection power and the revelation of Jesus Christ and his power over death, his power over sickness, over disease, over affliction, over infirmity, over all the works of the enemy. And we give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name as we pray, Abba, Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, Lord, have your way. Holy Ghost, we turn it over to you now in Jesus' name. We release ourselves to you. Have your way this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's get into verse 38 here. Now that we've set the precedence here in, 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 in preference here. And verse 38 says this right here. Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Amen. And so, you know, you know, to them, they're probably looking stone there. Their grave is sealed up. It's closed up. Here Jesus come. He's still groaning. You know, he's still groaning. You know, he's still groaning. He's still weeping, you know, uh, because he wants his father in heaven to feel the sincerity of his heart, to feel his love that he had for Lazarus, you know. And sometimes we just be so cold and, you know, and so forth when we go before God, like God owes us something, you know. We don't know how to humble ourselves and you know, the Bible says that a broken heart and contrite spirit, God will not despise. And so he wants us to walk in humility, not humiliation, humility, not arrogance, not pride. Even though we come boldly before the throne of God, we don't come arrogantly before God. It's a certain type of humility and certain types of boldness, you know, that saved type of boldness, that sanctified type of boldness, that Holy Ghost boldness, where you understand if God don't initiate it, you know, it ain't going to happen. I don't care how loud I get. I don't care how forceful I become, how dogmatic I am. If God don't approve of it, if God don't accept it, it is not going to happen. Pastor, how can I assure that that's the case when I appear before God? Make sure your heart is right. Why? God is looking beyond the outside. He's looking beyond with how you dressed, what you driving, what you flying around in. He's looking beyond the 19 bodyguards and people carrying your books and Bibles and, and water bottles and all that. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at your character. He's looking beyond all the facade, all the outside appearance. He's looking directly at the heart. And if there's no brokenness in the heart, if there's no contriteness in the heart, then you are going to be despised. You're going to be despised. You're going to be rejected. You know, you're going to be denied. God wants to see that groaning. Remember, the, the Bible said we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Ghost always making intercession from us in the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, with groanings and moanings that cannot be uttered. That's what God wants to see. He wants to see are you feel with his spirit? Are you sealed with his spirit? Are you healed by his spirit? Do you have the victory because you have his spirit? Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 44. He He's looking to see what is in your heart. 
And if you, he, his spirit is in your heart because you've received him, you've been baptized in him, you've been sealed with him, then God's word ought to be there. And it ought to be hidden in there so that when that time, when you need to have stones removed, you need to have the grave opened up, you need to have the cave opened up so God can go in there and release that resurrection power, you ain't got to go through no whole bunch of changes about why God didn't do X, Y, and Z. And Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows he's the resurrection and the power. He knows he's the one that can, can give life. He knows this. But look at how he's approaching the situation. He's coming with groaning and moaning, not tough-skinned, you know, arrogant, stiff neck. you know, no. He's not full of pride. He's coming and he's groaning. Why? Because he understands I'm bearing the burdens of all these people that are here right now expecting me to do this miracle. I got Martha here. I got Mary here. I got all of their friends. I got Jews here. Their eyes are focused on me. They're looking at me. And I got to do something that glorify my Father in heaven so that they can become more, they can be become more believers because everybody's not believing right now in that crowd. We learned earlier that some believed and some didn't believe and some walked away and they left. But I'm here to tell you, he's here to win souls. He's at that grave to win souls and he's getting ready to demonstrate his power over death. Man, see what's getting ready to take place here. See the big picture here. See what heaven sees. He's trying to paint this picture right now about what's taking place right here at this grave site because it's already done in heaven. The father sent him there to raise the dead, you know. And so he's about to perform a miracle here that's going, all those that have not been won over yet, that's following them, that's gathering to comfort them because they lost their brother, man, they're about to witness a miracle. Anybody this morning feel like when the Lord shows up, there's a miracle in, in the making that's going to take place because signs and wonders do follow him? You know, you know, he, he come to, to do because the Jews required a sign. They required to see a sign to believe. There was others who believed just because Jesus spoke about who he was and who sent him. So let's take a look here, man, at this site. You know, get this picture right here. He says that, you know, the great confrontation of Jesus with the dead is about to take place. He was deeply moved. Jesus was deeply moved by how many people had turned out to see and witness this. Some believers, some non-believers, Jews are there because they require a sign. They want to see this miracle. There was others who have been following Jesus who already got, got over the threshold, was believing him regardless of what was going to happen or what the Jews had said wasn't going to happen. All the accusations, all the, you know, the, you know, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the rejecting his claims, all this is still going on. But look at what's taking place, man. You know, this confrontation. Verse 39, he says, and Jesus said, I like this. Take ye away the stone. My God, man, that's powerful. Take away the stone. <clears throat> I can just imagine, man. Uh-uh, I don't want all that stench getting on me. But see, when the Lord command you to do something, ask him to put spiritual filters in your, in your ears or your eyes or your nose if, if you're afraid of what, of what you might experience when, from what he's telling you to do. They already thinking, man, he's stanking in there, you know. And this is going to bear out here in a minute. But see, we got to get over the natural and get into the spirit realm. Ask him to put spirit. If you're concerned about how stinking things are, how messed up, how stinking thinking is sometimes, put, ask God, pray. I used to pray all the time. Lord, put spiritual filters in the nose, in the ears, in the eyes, you know, so that they'll only focus on you and there'll be no distraction. To pray that prayer right now. I believe Jesus already knew what they were thinking, that he's stinking. He wasn't worried about that. He could fix things, man, where you would do exactly what he tell you to do and not have to worry about all those other influences and those other elements. Look at what he said. He said, take away that stone. Martha, the sister of him, who had already said he the Christ he sent from God, he the Messiah, 
And now you're going back on that. Listen to what she said. She already confessed that she believed he's the resurrection power. We done got over this, Martha. And listen to what she says. She says, the sister of him that was dead saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. What has that got to do with resurrection power? When the one who is a life giver shows up, the one who you've been hoping that would come, the one you ran down the road and met and had personal, intimate conversation with him. And he reassured you. And right before, my God, he came to the house from, you know, where you were at. You said you believed he who he was. So why are you going back on it now? Why are you doubting him at this critical moment when they're taking away the stone? Why are you concerned about what's stinking and what's not stinking? What's stinking is your thinking right now, Martha. It's stinking. It's stinking up the joint. You know, if anybody should be believing it should be you, you met him first. You ran down the street and got the confirmation and got the assurance. You know, you got the word from face to face from him about he was the resident and asked you if you believe. And you said, yes, don't go back on it. Now, don't doubt him now at this critical moment. They're taking the stone away. Look at verse 40. He says, Jesus saith unto her, said I not unto thee? That if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Look at the great promise of the unlimited faith that God thought was in her. You know, he said, your faith was little at, at the beginning, and then it grew. It increased. Now, why are you going back? You got to continue to please me by faith. Don't, don't, don't doubt me now. Be assured. If I, if I could not raise him, I would not have had you to take the stone away. I wouldn't have given you my word. I'm not a man that I should lie. I'm faithful who promised. If I said it, I'm going to do it. What you're thinking is, hey, your stinking thinking tells you that this is impossible with man. But nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible. All things. You know, the book of Mark, chapter 10, verse 27. He says this as he's having a conversation with the disciples. He said, these things that you're looking at, they're impossible with men, but they're not impossible with God. Some of these things are only possible with God. This is one of those tasks. You know, behold what your eyes are getting ready to see and believe, but believe before it ever happens. Because, you know, don't wait for it to happen and believe, because if you don't believe, it might not happen. Come on, Martha, you know this. Come on, believers, you know this. Nothing is impossible with God. There's no failure in God. <clears throat> and so he's, he's here, man, recalling this great promise <clears throat> that he had already made to her. And he's calling for unlimited faith right here. Not lack of faith and, and, and doubt and unbelief, you know. And he says, you want to see the glory of God, you got to have some faith. You got to believe that I'm the one that God is going to use to do this great thing. Verse 41, he said, then they took away the stone. Thank God they took away the stone. Obedience is better than sacrifice. They are already positioned for the blessing. They just did what God told them to do. That obedience man will bring you a miracle. That obedience man will bring you the reward. That obedience will bring that promise to fruition. Good God Almighty, because it's better to obey God than obey man. I'm pretty sure that they'd have listened to Martha, they'd have missed an opportunity to see the glory of God. Sometimes listening to people, even saved people sometimes will be weak in their faith. Sometimes they see situations, you know, just like I heard some Christians, man, talking against, you know, uh, science when, the, when, when this pandemic hit. They told us not to pray no more. Stop praying. Stop posting all them scriptures, you know. Get out here and do something, you know, you know. Where's your faith? You should none of that. Nothing you do physically should ever take away from your belief in God. 
Because there's going to be some walls you're going to hit that you're going to need God to take those walls down. There's some giants you're going to run into. You're going to need God, a faith in God, to say them to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. So you're still going to need God. You know, you're still going to have to be confident in him and trust him in spite of. And so and so here it is, you know, and he, so he says to them, then took away, they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. My God, Woo, Jesus, <laughs> I just saw something in the spirit, man. A stone, the heart is where a lot of death is at. You know, a lot of people who have heart in their heart, a lot of people whose necks are stiff right now. It's so it's so stony, you know, until, you know, they're spiritually dead. They, they don't want to let go. They don't want to change. They want to be so hard toward their tradition. They don't want to let no room in for no truth. Nothing can penetrate. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, King James Bible, that the word of God is powerful, it's quicker than any two-edged sword. It cuts asunder between the dividing, you know, uh, uh, asunder of the bone and the marrow, you know, the spirit, you know, it, it, it penetrates, it's impenetrable, you know, all the way to the dividing of uh, asunder of soul and spirit, bone and marrow. And it is a, a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart of man, you know, that's the power of the word, you know. And so this is the living word speaking to them and talking to them. So no matter what stone is there in the way between them and, 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 and life, you know, the Lord said, look, I know it's a dead man back there. Take that stone away. I'm getting ready to work a miracle. You can see the glory of God. And so, you know, there's, there, there, there is, you know, the great prayer purpose address God as uh, he addressed God as father. Look at what he says right there. You know, he says, from the place where the dead was laid, listen at this prayer now that Jesus prays here. He says, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, listen at this prayer, and said, Father, I thank thee that thou have heard me. Good God Almighty. Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse 3 comes to mind. You know, if we would just call on the Lord, even when a situation is dead or near death, just call on the Lord. The Bible said that he will hear us and answer us and show us great and mighty things. He's getting ready to show some of these lukewarm believers, some of these, some of these so-called believers, some of these people that require sign to believe, some of these folks who believe but don't really believe. You know, he's getting ready to show them the glory of God. He's getting ready to show them some great and mighty things that, that they didn't even know about the possibility of what the realm of what he's getting ready to do. Man, it's so much stuff that we don't know yet about God because some prophecies have been fulfilled, some are being fulfilled, but there's some yet to be fulfilled. But we got to believe God right now that everything he said is going to happen. It's going to happen the way he wanted to happen in his timing, which is perfect. You know, you know, in the meantime, we got to walk by faith. We got to live by faith. And we have to have faith that comes from hearing the word. Not people, not the Marthas, not the you know, not the Marys out there, not all those people who who burn your ears up that you run to a lot of time when you got a problem. And don't run to God. You sidetrack God. You sidetrack your prayer closet. You sidetrack your Bible. You sidetrack that list of promises that God made you. And you start calling your friends. You start texting, tweeting. You start getting everybody's opinion. You know, you know. And so he goes on here, man. Look at what he says here. We follow this example, man. He made a request. You know, he addressed God the Father in prayer. Jesus made a request and he offered thanksgiving. Good God Almighty. It ain't even happened yet naturally, but Jesus knew it was going to happen already because he knew it spiritually. We got to know some things that are going to happen. We got to know them spiritually and wait on them to manifest naturally. Look at Jesus, man. He prayed and he gave thanks to the Father. Somebody ought to be giving him thanks right now for that miracle that's about to take place because this is your season. Verse 42, he says, 
And I knew that thou heareth me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. So he expressed now to the father a perfect, you know, uh, confidence here in the father. Uh, uh, he bore a testimony to those standing by. It's what it was all about. He's trying to win souls. He knows there's Jews that want a sign. He's going to give them a sign, but he want them to believe. He want them to believe before they get a sign. He, he, he said, more blessed are those who believe without a sign. I'm going to bless you with a sign, but more blessed are those around here standing by here. He was confident in what the Father sent him to do. We got to be confident in what God says. Don't say it if you believe it. Don't believe it's going to happen. Just study to be quiet so you can see the salvation of the Lord. But if you believe it's going to happen, speak it with some confidence. Speak it like you know it's going to happen. Things that be not as though they were. He's given us the power to do that. He put it in our tongue. The power of, of, of life and death to speak those things that be not as though they are. You know, that's faith. Faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But if I don't speak it in faith, I might not ever see it. And I can't go and speak it if I don't believe it. So believe it, you know. Verse, um, so he goes on in verse 43 and he says, And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth with a loud voice, y'all. That's God speaking. I believe every stone out there, man, shook. I believe the very foundation shook. I believe death said, uh-uh, let me get up out this tomb. Let this man go. I'm getting ready to be. I'm, I, see, death got to obey the commandments of God, too. Life got to obey the commandments of God. He got all power over everything. Life and death belongs to him. He, remember the scripture said in Job, you know, he giveth life and he takes it away. Everything belongs to him. Everything is under his command, under his control, under his authority. He got every right. He's a representative of his father in heaven. And so he, he didn't come up in there, man, with no shakiness in his voice. He was groaning. But now, man, he's in another posture. You know, he's stepping back into his realm of authority. And he's still humble. He's still humble under the father because he just talked to the father and gave thanks to him. So he hadn't lost sight of that. You know, he, he knew that the father had his backup. He knew that the father would, would do what he couldn't do. But he knew that right now he had all power given to him by the Father to be on the earth to do what he was doing. And he knew he had backup. He had heaven on his side. You got to know you got heaven on your side when you face mountains, when you face giants, when you face walls, situations, and circumstances. Don't get under them. Get on top of them. Tell the enemy that I have been given power by the Father to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power and works of the adversary. Satan, you are under my feet. Your head is going to be bruised today just like it was bruised back there in Genesis. My God, in the name of Jesus, you may bruise my heel, but your head is going to be bruised. I'm going to stomp on your head in the name of Jesus. I ain't getting under no circumstances. I ain't taking no defeat today, you know. Sickness, disease, you got to go. You don't belong in my body. With his stripes, I am healed. And I'm going to wait on the manifestation. So you see that man, you know, he bore that testimony to them standing by. Amen. You know, and so look in verse 42, he said, Lazarus, come forth. He didn't say Lazarus, you know, maybe. No, he said, come forth. Death had to let him go. Come on, y'all. There's death, got some situations, got some people that you know, got some hold on, some things that God want to live in your life, to spring forth in your life, to come alive. And they've died, some dreams, some plans, some visions, some intentions you got, some things that you're looking to happen, and you have kind of let them die, like dormant. But God is telling them today to come forth. And he wants you to tell them to come forth in the name of Jesus. Make sure you say in the name of Jesus, you know, because he's got the power right here. And so calling some things forth. And so, you know, the great shout of power over death. You got to have a great shout, man. The Bible says in Daniel, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. You know, there's some things you got to shout out. 
you know, you know, you got to shout out that victory sometimes. You got to shout with the voice of triumph because you know God has triumphed over death. He's triumphed over some things. He's triumphed over some enemies. He's pushed down some enemies for us, you know. And so sometimes we just got to shout like he shouted. And it says it was, it, was, it was within him. That shout had always been there in him. Do you have a shout in you today? We say we have a shout of praise. Uh, you know, it was, it was really personal. You know, it was a very personal shout because he was shouting unto his father. He called Lazarus by name. I love that. When God got a blessing for you, it's got your name on it. Nobody else can have it. Nobody else can enjoy it. Now, you can squander it away with foolishness. But everything God has for you, it's got your name on it. And it will show up in God's timing. He knows what's best for you. He knows when to release it to you. Just because sometimes it's been delayed don't mean it's been denied. Sometimes God is waiting on you to get the wisdom you need to receive it. There is a certain level of wisdom that you need. That's why you should ask God for wisdom. There's wisdom you need to receive blessings, but there's also wisdom you need to not receive blessings. You know, because somebody could come up to you and bless you, and that don't mean that it was God. So you just have to be careful. Satan always liked to do things. Remember what he tried to do with Eve? And he tricked her. You know, he's very cunning crap. So you have to be wise as a serpent. You have, that's a word for somebody right there. You have to be, you have been unwise. You need to be wise as a serpent starting today. Make sure you're able to discern. I pray now that God will give you the spirit of discernment so you can discern between what is right and what is wrong. Just because it looked good don't mean that it's good for you. Just because it's good to you don't mean that it's good for, for you to have it. Because it ain't about no feel good. It's about is this what God want me to have. It's just a blessing from God because all his blessings, man, they are good and they're perfect. You will enjoy them. Anything that God gives you, he don't add no sorrow to it. Make you rich, full, plenty, without nothing broken, missing, or lacking. That's the things that come from God. You never have to, you know, they, they'll never leave you. They'll be with you because you're blessed. But if it comes and leaves, then it wasn't from God to begin with. Because you can't separate from the love of God. You can't separate from the things that God do. They're permanent. They're eternal. They have eternal value, eternal weight. So let's go a little further here, man. So we see this right here, man, that he called Lazarus by name. Here's what the result was of him calling him by name. He arose. He received Jesus' personal attention. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, I, I told you all a while ago, you need to live your life that you're like you're valued by God. Lazarus is in the grave, been dead for four days, stinking. And guess what? He still values his attention in death, dead, stinking, that Jesus would place on him even in death. Man, remember time, the many times Jesus told people when they wanted him to come to the house and heal? He said, they just asleep. They just asleep. When I show up, they just asleep. I treat death like sleep. I can wake them out of their sleep. We see it right here. We see the glory of God right here. You know, if he did it once, he'll do it again. That's who he is. Look at verse 40. Uh, oh, he goes on to say here. Lazarus come forward. Verse 44, he says, and he that was dead came forward. Wasn't no hesitation. Wasn't no slowness about it. He got up, man. This was the result. Now, remember, we talked about these, the, the teaching these verses and, and what is the result right here? We see the who. We see what happened. Now we see the results. And he that was dead came forward, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him and let him go. See, I love Jesus because he involves us in the process. He involves us in the work. And I said to myself when I read this, where is the stench? They don't obviously they're not smelling no stench. Obviously, there's not smelling no rottenness. Obviously, nobody has fainted. 
So Jesus tells them, take them clothes off of him. In other words, Jesus had gotten rid of the stench. He's gotten rid of the, the sting of death. He's gotten rid of the victory out of the cave, out of the grave he was in. He's gotten rid of all of that. That stuff done ran off because they knew that was Jesus calling him for. So everything that was associated with death, it's been debunked. It's gone. Life is in the situation now. Get them things off of him so you can see this living soul. I want you to see this man. I want you to see that nothing has decayed on him. I want you to see that he's fully normal. He's back to life. He has, he has, he has been resurrected. Now the glory of God shows up. Jews, you got your sign. You got your sign. You got your miracle. And he goes on to say here, man, in verse 45, then many of the Jews which came to Mary, they came to confidence, and strengthen her because they lost their brother and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. So here's the reaction. Now, look at the results of the work of God, the reaction to Jesus' great power. Some believe and they put their faith in him. One more verse, and we're going to close right here. Look at verse 46. Thank God for the ones who put their faith in him after they saw this, this miracle, this, 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 this sign, this wonder, this amazing thing that had happened. Verse 46, the last verse for the teaching this morning. But some of them went their way to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. My God, why not believe on Jesus and stop right there? Why you got to go go try to create problems for him? He's done a great thing here. Why not get in the crowd with the other believers and rejoice, man, about what you just witnessed? The glory of God just showed up. Your friend Lazarus, that you came to pay respect to the family in his passing, they need, they need you right now, man, to rejoice with them because he, the brother is alive. He's back. Death has been defeated. Stench has been defeated. Grave clothes have been removed. The man is, is, is alive. Let's celebrate. Why are you running to tell the Pharisees who got a problem with Jesus? Some cause trouble. What is wrong with people? God do a miracle. The glory of God shows up. And you want to cause trouble in the land? You want to cause trouble for, for the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light of the world? You want to cause trouble? instead of embracing what he just did. So, Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you and praise you because we see the revelation right now clearly of the power of God through his son Jesus over death. We now have witnessed the resurrection power. We have witnessed the glory of God. And we thank you for the many who believed as a result of what they witnessed that day. We thank you. We even pray for those who were troubled enough that they left the scene Instead of celebrating and rejoicing what had taken place, they went to create trouble in the midst of this great miracle that Jesus had performed. Father, we know today that there are many, many out there in the world right now. This message may be a stumbling block to many. It may be troubling to some because they probably have been in ministries, Lord, for years and have never realized the revelation of Jesus Christ who has power over death over stench, over the grave, victory, because the victory, God, that he, he secured in death and resurrection, it has been afforded to us if we believe. We thank you that death could not hold him. We thank you that he took the sting out of death and he took the victory out the grave because he did not stay there longer than three days and he rose again. And so, Father, he is bona fide, certified, justified, 
the resurrection and the life. We see it right here that the glory of God might come and appear to those who were standing by to witness this great miracle. They came for one reason, but God, they had something else revealed and made known to them. They came to pay their respects to the grieving family, the bereaved family. But God, they got a chance to witness the glory of God show up at a grave site. They even got a chance to participate. They removed the stone and they removed the grave clothes. Thank God for Jesus who always want to work with us and work through us because he want to train us and teach us what we're going to do. We're, go we're going to raise the dead if we have enough faith to believe in the resurrection power of almighty God. Father, we just thank you right now. And we speak life to those who are spiritually dead right now, wherever they may be right now, what corner of the earth they may reside in. We speak like we prophesy to dead bones because we know that there are many right now bound in the valley of the shadow of death and they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn to find life. So we speak, we prophesy life to those dry spiritual bones out there right now as Ezekiel prophesied. We know, God, the world is full of spiritually dead, dry bones right now. And we prophesy life to those bones right now. Some are in our families. Some are in our workplaces. Some are, God, in our churches. Some, Lord God, hallelujah, Lord God, cause us trouble. But we prophesy life to them right now. In the spirit, in the name of Jesus, in the spirit of life, Lord, we release it now, God. In every dead situation, God. And we pray they'll let go of the stone that's in their hearts, oh God. And you would turn their hearts into a heart of flesh that they may feel, Lord God, the touch of God right now. The victory come on them right now. Conviction come on them right now. That they won't run, God, and cause trouble. But they'll humble themselves under the hand of Almighty God that you might exalt them in due time. Is our prayer, God. Now let this word go out. Do what you sent it to do, God. Let it take care of the purpose for sinning. Right now, God. Oh, you sent your word, Jesus, Lord God. Oh, how did it rescue us? from sickness, from disease, from death, from the grave, Lord God. And so, Father, we thank you for the many, many that are being raised right now, the lost that are being saved, the backsliders that are being convicted and coming back, the prodigal sons and daughters that's coming to their right mind and returning back to you, God, from the hearing of this word, from the teaching of this word, from the revelation that's being revealed and unveiled right now. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for it now. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, then. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We have finished the teaching this morning.